They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host Ron Pashery here once again with my good friends. Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, C. Kane Joe Rodermill. Mr. Fourth now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mr. Fourth. <laughs> and Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. Welcome back to the show, guys. Well, thank I you. Guess, yeah, I guess before we jump into anything, just a couple things to get off the top. Uh, we will have an interview with Big Mike Elgin uh, before the end of the show. Stay tuned for that. Uh, we want you to listen to Falls Count Anywhere. Uh, we want you to listen to the hot tag with A.R. Fox, I believe it was this week. Yes. Uh, the Perfect Edge dropped on Monday. Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. First ever solo show on the Matt Madness Podcast Network. Did a great job. Um, if you listen to the show, if you like the show, please subscribe, follow. Five-star reviews, always a huge help. Uh, so if you have a minute, please do that. With that being said, we might as well jump right into it. Great Balls of Fire, the most uh, controversially named pay-per-view. GBOF? Yes. Uh, mocked, panned since it was since it was announced. Well, since you guys said it was a rumor, I, I really didn't want to... You didn't want to believe I, it? I wanted to like just wake up and say, no, that's not going to happen. Well, they even dragged their feet as long as possible to even mention it on the show that yeah, that's I'll, what it was I'll, called. I was holding out hope this whole time. But here's what I'll say about it. One... I at least respect that they really embraced the gimmick of Great Balls of Fire. The whole drive-in movie theme, the jukebox theme. Kind of played it out, which is fun. And I I think it could lead to a very interesting set design on Sunday. I hope it does anyway. You don't think so? They're saving money. All right, I'm I'm holding out hope that they are. But the card is actually good. Yes. I'm actually very Very much looking forward to this show. Very solid card. Yeah, we'll have the Universal Championship. Defended on this show? What? Believe it do or they not, do that? they do. It's Every once mind. in a while, they do, and they will on Sunday. I I'll see when I believe it. Yeah. Well, Samoa Joe challenging Brock Lesnar. Joseph, what are your thoughts on the way they've handled Samoa Joe leading into this match? I can't imagine from my from my point of view any any better way they could have handled it. It's been perfect. I mean, you're building Samoa Joe as is the is the force that's challenging Brock Lesnar at every turn. I mean, they're kind of painting Lesnar as a face in a way, but not a face. Yeah. And hey, I'm nope. watching the other night when Samoa Joe, like, they did the opposite room interviews, and Samoa Joe just kind of talked down on Brock and got pissed off and went after him. It was fun. Yeah. It was entertaining. I loved it. Halo? Well, just Joe's face with the split screen interview, <laughs> he, he just wasn't happy. Yeah. He, he wasn't having it. And you guys know I'm a big fan of Logic. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that you know you're in the same arena... And you got a problem with me? Come find me. Just the logic logic behind it, I love. That Joe isn't afraid of Brock Lesnar. He's like, you know what? I'll come find you. Just uh-huh. get up and come find you. And in fact, in another basically happened another pull apart for basically the third time in four weeks between Joe and Lesnar. That actually built building build the feud. And I kind of like the fact that Joe isn't playing being that chicken heel. He's actually like, you know what? Let's fight. I can, I can beat you, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, if that's what you want, that's what I'll do. Yeah, because nobody ever does it to Brock Lesnar. Nobody ever takes the fight to Brock Lesnar. Joe's been, Joe's been actually been dominant 
to Brock Lesnar because remember last week he choked he choked him out to go key in the clutch yeah. on, on the stage on the, on the stage and Brock couldn't get out of it. He tried to fight out of no, it. He couldn't, I, he couldn't I just hope they out. don't do a Brock Lesnar squash. If they do that, I don't think we have to worry about that. You just said this card on paper looks good. For the name of Great Balls of Fire, this card better deliver. <laughs> You're giving us this name. This card better deliver. I think it's going to deliver on paper because these matches are fantastic. You know my gripe with Brock Lesnar because he hasn't done anything entertaining for me in the longest time. Mm-hmm. And he has to deliver here because this is a match that everybody wanted to see. We never thought we would see this match. So I actually want to see a match. I think this will be more of a fight than a match because of the physicality, physicality between the two. And I really cannot wait for this match to go down Sunday. I want Joe to win, but I don't think it's going to be the outcome. Yeah. That's just too fun. That's just too good for Neither us. Neither do I. It depends how they paint him, though. Yeah, but I, I hope they do Joe justice in this match. Yeah, so I liked in the interview, you know, Brock was obviously very cocky, very condescending. Joe, on the other hand, is saying, like, everything I wanted to do to you, I've done. Um, And they're protecting you from me right now. That's why we're not in the same room. They have you locked away somewhere else because they're protecting you. And then he obviously got pissed, left, found Brock. We had to pull apart. I do think that they've booked Joe... Dominantly enough so far that to me that makes me believe he's definitely not going to win. He hasn't come out on the short end really. Nah. So it's usually the, not the way it works when you when you're painted in this light. Yeah, I do think he's going to lose, especially if, if we're to believe the reports out there that they're going to have Brock have all these matches with all these guys that were in the Fatal Five way. But I really am looking forward to this. I agree with Alo. I think this is going to be like a fight. I think it's going to be a very entertaining match. And I don't believe we have to be worried about it being a uh, Brock Cena SummerSlam match. I don't think they'll do that. Well, I thought the same way with Orton Lesnar back in the day. Not too long ago. Well, SummerSlam, yeah. Yeah. I thought about that too, but that's not what we got. No, we didn't. I just think Joe is like the shiny new toy that they have. And I think that they... They have to like the responses that they're getting oh, yeah. with him. They play perfectly. I was going to say, they can just ruin it with one. And how great is misstep. his t-shirt? What does it say? The right hand of destruction? <laughs> like, that's awesome. I'm really looking forward to this match. Cannot wait for it. Uh, very good main event. And this is like, if, if you're going to keep the Universal Championship undefended for this many months, <laughs> at least give us a match like this when it's finally defended. Yeah, and at least they've teased it for the past, I don't know, what, three weeks now. Yeah, so and even though the pic- the title's not being defended, it gives you enough of the title to keep it in the picture. Yeah, we're seeing it on TV pretty regularly now. And Joe is a guy who cares about championships. He cares about winning. And yeah, he actually has done a good job of seeming threatening to Brock Lesnar, where yeah. most guys do not come across that way. Never seen Brock choked out before? No, yeah, you don't see it in often. that nature. <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited. Alo. What's your prediction for the main event of Great Balls of Fire for the Universal Championship that does, in fact, still exist? <laughs> My heart says Joe because I want him to win. Because, But that's just too good for us. We mm-hmm. don't deserve Joe to win. We don't deserve mm-hmm. Joe to win. So in WWE logic, Brock Lesnar will retain. Yeah. Joseph? I think... Your namesake or Brock Lesnar? Some with Joe. I think it's going to be uh, Lesnar. But I think they'll find some way to keep Samoa Joe looking clean in this. Um, I'm not sure how we'll go about that, but uh, I think Lesnar ultimately carries the title. 
Unfortunately, I agree with both of you. I do believe that Brock Lesnar's going to win. Would love for it to be Joe. I think he has earned it. His yeah. work in NXT, incredible. His work on the main roster, arguably even better. Oh, He's yeah. been awesome on oh, the main yeah. roster. He's been a lot better. So I would love for it to be Joe. I just don't see it. I think make it unanimous that Brock is going to retain and defend it maybe in another two months. Well, SummerSlam, I guess it would be. So not quite two months. Um, Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. We finally are getting this long-sought-after ambulance match yeah, that myth- all of us wanted. Mythical ambulance match that I've yeah. heard so much about. Braun off TV for quite a few weeks. Came back last week. Portrayed basically as the returning hero. And Roman kind of got the upper hand on him a little bit this week for the first time in a while. I caught him off guard. Yeah, surprised him. Surprised him, yeah. Got got a little bit got a little bit of revenge. Yeah. Is it just me or have they been successful at turning Braun into an event himself? Yes, they have. That like we ha- I have to see what Braun Strowman does this yeah. week. So you feel that way yeah. too? What about you, Joey? Yeah, I can't disagree. I mean, they've made him entertaining in that sense. Well, I'll I'll kind of switch around what you said. It's more okay. How's he gonna beat up Roman this week? <laughs> that, that, that's what it is. Because they're waiting. What we're gonna to do? We're gonna beat up Roman. Yeah. Yeah. I just look at it like they've made you look forward to his segment of the show now. They made him look power, extremely powerful, and they're, they're doing it in different ways, keeping it kind of fresh. And and it, I mean, it helps care about Roman a little bit. Yeah, Alo, how'd you feel about Titus Worldwide getting involved with Braun Strowman this week? Titus Worldwide, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I like the fact that he hyped Apollo up to actually do this match, and then the moonsault and Strowman kick him yeah, through the air. That was awesome. That looked, he punted him. It looked like it really it legitimately hurt. Yeah, I was in Charlotte. Wow. That, that was like a perfect snapshot for social media. Yes. Like, I saw GIFs of that on Twitter all night. And then all day the next day. It wasn't a better shot than LeVar Ball get into the ring. <laughs> I, I was, but what is? Exactly. <clears throat> but I was impressed. I, I really was. I didn't. I wasn't sure if we were going to get Strowman actually going out there and having face face Apollo Cruz. I thought we were going to have a typical Roman Reigns comes out at the end of the night, which which he kind of did, but in, in a different fashion. We didn't want to see the ambulance match, but we knew we were going to get it. But even though Strowman kind of did the same thing to Roman last week, Roman got back on Strowman again this week. I'm kind of. I'm kind of excited for this match because WWE did a good job kind of putting up people up in playing field and both guys getting the best one. But the, the, the way Raw ended with Strowman getting up kind of surprised because it's like, okay, what does Roman really have to do? Because now he put Strowman through the table, but now he has to get Strowman into the ambulance mm-hmm. and shut the doors. Yeah, I thought it was a great segment. I thought it was good to see Reigns come across that way on the last show before the pay-per-view. The other thing that I'm a little bit... Uh, encouraged about is these are two guys they're clearly very invested in. So to me, that that makes me feel like they will kind of let them go in this match. It's not going to be like a weird whatever the heck street fight match it was that Ambrose had with Lesnar at WrestleMania a couple years ago. I feel like they will let or, these or guys... Or hard match. Yeah, I feel like these guys probably want to go all out, and Vince will let them go all out. And I think we're going to get an interesting show. It's not going to be a, a five-star classic by any stretch, but I think it will be an entertainment, yeah, an entertaining match, I believe. So, Joey? I mean, I hope what you say is true. I'm, I'm probably anticipating this match the least. 
you know, where I, I, I've always said I stand on uh, Braun Strowman and his in-ring ability um, and Roman and his six moves. I mean, I like Roman in the ring, but I don't know if he can get enough out of Braun here. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how they paint the match. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go in with open eyes, but I'm not like, wow, I need to see this match. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do, to see how far they'll let them push. And I, I do think these guys have delivered before, and I expect them to deliver again. Now, with that being said, who's going to deliver the victory on Sunday? Roman or Strowman? I'm going to go Strowman. Yeah? Yeah. Halo? The bread always delivers. <laughs> the Strowman's bread. Roman. When in doubt, take Roman? Yeah. So you guys kind of put me put in a difficult road. spot here because I, I really am... This is like a coin flip for me. I just feel like... I'm going with Strowman. I wouldn't obviously be shocked if Roman wins, but I think it's more important for Strowman to get this victory. Roman is already what he is, regardless of whether he wins this match or not. I think they have so much momentum with Braun Strowman right now. Plus the crowd would be behind that 100%. I think it makes sense to have him to have him win it. But, like I said, you never know. I'm not, I'm not 100% you, you confident really in that. You really don't know. Yeah, who who's happy with the Intercontinental Championship <clears throat> picture at the moment? <clears throat> Alo, I take that as a no. <sighs> no. So what don't you like about it? Everything, <laughs> except Maurice because she's fantastic in the middle suits. Yeah, the suit was good <laughs> yes. on on Monday. Yeah, but this get, like get Dean Ambrose away. Get these two away from each other. Like, this is horrible. The Miz they don't do anything. It was fresh seeing it. somebody Miz face somebody new for a change. When he actually went in there with Heath Slater, I do like Kurt actually making something different. We're going to face Dean Ambrose Sunday. We're going to face Heath Slater tonight for the Ice title. I thought, I thought that was fresh, but this has this isn't good. It's so bad. These two, they cannot. They, they have to get away from get away from each other. And I said, I think I said last week that people always complain about how Roman needs to turn heel. Dean Ambrose is the one that needs to turn heel here because he hasn't done anything in a long in the longest time. Even when he was a champion, I kept saying he didn't feel like the champion. But he hasn't done anything important. They, and he comes up cracking jokes. He's like, "Where's the serious edge of Dean Ambrose?" I always said this. He has that whole Randy Orton effect. The only time, you see, he, it seems like he works to his um, opponent. And the only time. He, only thing he actually has done redeemable for me that I'll actually talk about is his stuff with Seth. Yeah. That's it. But other than that, with yeah. Dean Ambrose, that's the only like, time he had an edge. Yeah, that's it. Other than that, it's just like the same stale. When he had like a Dean legitimate, Ambrose. like, there's a driving force behind him. Yeah. He needed revenge on Seth. Yeah. And then even like so even when he was in the Shield, you thought he would be like the diabolical heel out of all these guys, but he wasn't because he's not, he hasn't even turned heel. Like I like Dean Ambrose in the Shield, but they've done nothing with him since basically the Shield work. I'm like, okay, he was okay. He fought Seth a few times. That's all you have to talk about with Dean Ambrose. And other than that, he's done nothing. Nothing. Not important. Nothing. Nothing to. Nothing not, even, not even the asylum match. <laughs> the best part of that oh. match was Chris Jericho. Yeah. And 69 tacks. Yes, yes. And he had to pull from his body. Yeah, even that was about a jacket and a plant. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Like, what was that plant named again? Mitch. Mitch. <laughs> Good old Mitch. Yeah, Mitch. So, my issue with Ambrose is, and you guys both know how much I enjoy wrestling silliness. <laughs> I like to laugh at goofy stuff. But Dean Ambrose, to me, is not a guy that should be booked as just silly. Yeah. 
if he's supposed to be the lunatic fringe, he should be maybe crazy. Yeah. Maybe he should be out of his mind. A little off kilter. Yeah, but not... I guess that they probably see something in his personality that people like, but it's hard to take him seriously. No, they're booking him like Dane Cook. <laughs> yeah, because, like, my thing is, like, like... <laughs> Like I'm not like I think they, I like Dean Ambrose from when he was in the Shield, but I'm one of those guys that you can like turn. I can turn. You can turn me around. But it's mm-hmm. like do something with the guy. That's because you're in a swivelly chair. It's not really hard. <laughs> <to> do. <laughs> like do something with this guy. It's like come on. Like everybody loves Dean Ambrose. Like he it's legit positive reaction. People love this guy. I, I understand why. It's like do something with this guy. Like even last week when he came out with the big ball of brand shirt, I was like oh my god, really? You're using it to progress the IC title scene. Yeah, it was unnecessary. I was surprised that WWE even mentioned that segment on the show. I was too. Because I figured they would want to run as far away from that as they could. Do you think that's a case of they figured we can let The Miz handle this? Yeah. Like, they may not have let someone else do it, but they let The Miz do it. Yeah. Like, I loved him saying, like, I made them relevant. <laughs> like, they're nobody. I made them matter. Um, I love it. Are you happy with any of this stuff that's going on with the IC picture, Joey? I mean, I, I don't hate it. It's probably getting a little stale. But, I mean, I, I love the Miz's work, so anytime I get to see some, some more Miz, I'm, I'm happy with that. And I, I think the match will be something good to watch. So you're looking forward to the match. You're just not happy with the story they've told over I the mean, last like few weeks. You guys pointed out, and I'm not going to beat, beat, the, beat the dead horse here, but you know, Dean Ambrose is kind of stale. There's not, not much... Allure to him. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, Dean Ambrose is coming out. Should the cool. Miz wrestle in suits from now on? <laughs> They're expensive suits, man. That's yeah, nice suit. destroyed. Yes. The pants destroyed. Split right down the back, but he still won the match. He even I don't know if this was actually on the show or if there's like a dot com thing where he was actually talking to Bo and Axel saying, like, look what I just did in a suit. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember seeing it on TV. Yeah, it may have been a dot-com thing. Uh, My thing is, where do you go from here? I, 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 like, I assume the Miz is going to retain, but where do you go from here? Because Raw has no mid-card. They have all the big, big, they have half the biggest names, well, more than half of the biggest names on the Raw roster. To me, I feel, I really feel like the best thing they could do is a program with Finn Balor. That's the best thing, but it's like, okay, but you know, SummerSlam's coming up, so you gotta have the Demon King, so he has to do something important. Maybe you do throw him with the Miz, because that goes back to Payback when they had the Miz TV Mm -hmm. thing, but that was so long long ago, we probably forgot about that. Yeah, Yeah. you you could paint it, though, in a a more intriguing way, get 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 some reinterest in it. Yeah, because other than that, it's like, okay, we're going to... What are you going to do? You're going to throw Seth in there? Because he, oh, he, I'll get to him later. Hmm. What, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, there's nothing set up. They don't have anything really in the works, it doesn't seem like. Although, whatever it is, I'd assume has to be better than this. So, Ayla, who wins on Sunday? The Miz. Joey? I'm going to say The Miz. I don't think Dean Ambrose gets the title. I agree. I think The Miz, no reason for Dean to win it. No reason for The Miz to lose it. So, clean sweep for The Miz. Uh, women's division, we have a women's championship match between Sasha Banks and Alexa Bliss. Uh, the kind of uh, go-home show, they had Sasha and Bailey tag against Alexa and Nia. Bailey gets taken out. Sasha basically ends up in a handicap match and makes Alexa tap anyway. Alexa, of course, tries to sell it afterwards as it was her strategy <laughs> to let Sasha win so she'd come in overconfident. False sense of security. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> 
do either of you feel like we're almost getting a little bit cheated? Like, this is a feud we all wanted to see, but I feel like we haven't gotten a lot between the two of them. We haven't. And it's like, I feel like there's... We haven't gotten anything, essentially. Yeah, there's like a lot of meat left on the bone here that, like... Maybe that's a good thing, because maybe they can have this play out. Do you More th- than just this one match. So do you think that it's going to play out for more than just this one match, or do you think this is a one-off? It's the, re- hard. the reason I ask is because, like, the whole thing with Nia and Alexa is still... Yeah. There. I don't know how long they're going to hold off on that. Yeah. They got that in their back pocket. Because you know how Alexa, she kind of has Nia in her back pocket, and they, and they mm-hmm. make Nia look so gullible when it comes between her and Alexa. So... Does so let's say let's say Alexa retains at, at Great Balls of Fire, and then it's, it's due to Nia Jax, and then you had Nia Jax take out Bailey. So maybe you get a because you know it's sometimes the biggest show, biggest party of the summer, you have to ride by on the card. So do we get a fatal four match at SummerSlam with, with those four women for the for the women's title because Nia took out um, Nia took out Bailey. So Bailey she may, she may end up doing a thing with um, Nia. And then you have to assume that Lex and Sasha still, was still going to be go, be a thing. It's like, where do you go from there? And they, they make Lex and Nia look horrible because it was essentially a handicap match. After and, the, and they got beat. And they got beat. Even though Alexa, with the perfect heel clean, heel clear of saying, oh, I was pres- pres- preserving myself. It was a false insecurity. It was a little part of my strategy. Mm-hmm. But still, you basically look, like, but you basically look horrible because you lost to one person. And then poor Bailey because she looks even worse now because she's getting taken out, take out of the handicap matches. Even in this tag team match, she didn't look she even belonged because <laughs> she's been nothing. That's the yeah. boss, though. Boss can beat anyone. I was glad that she got the win. Although that made me feel like Alexa's definitely going to retain on Sunday. Did you? Did either of you see the interview Sasha had on WWE.com afterwards? It. it was some of the best promo work she's gotten to do in months. Wasn't the best promo I've ever seen from her, but it was better than what she's been doing. Well, that's on which, is, which is exciting. Well, it's on .com, and that's where all the gems are. Yeah, like a little more cocky than we've gotten to see her. A little bit more of an edge to her than we've gotten to see but yeah, I just can't help but be disappointed that they they gave us this feud that we all wanted to see, and it almost feels like they just slapped it together and they're going to do a match. Yeah, because remember, what was it three or four weeks ago where um, Dana and Mickey came out, mm-hmm. and then the next week they had all the women come out yeah. and had Emma come out, and then they did it for another two weeks, and it's like, why can't you did that gaunt, um, that um, that gauntlet match? Two weeks prior, and actually got a build because we we now we don't even have an actually build to the few that we want to see. There was nothing. There was like you said, there wasn't even meat taken off the bone in the, in this one week. A lot of meat left on that wing. Yeah, if if they're gonna do it again for SummerSlam, then obviously that's good because that means they could have this match. Alexa could win in some cowardly fashion, and then you can build to SummerSlam because you have time. But I just feel like we're getting a little bit cheated here. Uh, so, Joey, who wins, Alexa or Sasha Banks? I think it's, and again, this is just, like I said, I prefaced it earlier. I think that we're going to see more of this feud. So, that being said, it's better if Alexa Bliss wins this one. So, I think Alexa re- retains the title, setting up a future feud. Okay, Alo? Alexa. Yeah, I go Alexa, too. I think Sasha has tapped, she tapped her last, this past week. She kind of got the better of her after the gauntlet match the week before. So I do think Alexa retains. At least we're starting to see Sasha back in the picture. 
I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's a bright, bright, bright spot here. Yeah, the, the one thing I'm thinking is she had the, the weekend a couple weeks ago where she was at the BET Awards, she was at like the, the Teen Choice Awards or Kids' Choice Awards, oh, whatever it was. She is nominated for that, okay. She got a lot of outside the WWE attention. So. And they're like, oh. Like, you got something. Yeah, that's kind of what I, how I feel about it. That Damn they, you, Vince. Yeah, they see like, oh, we have something here, let's go back to it. Because she was nowhere in the picture, and then all of a sudden, boom, next night after the BET Awards... She's the number one contender. Well, I also hear there's a viral picture of her standing next to some hunky bearded man with a bald head. Oh, me? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of going viral, and it's kind of it's kind of revigorated her career. That, that may have something to do with it. I, that's just that's what I hear, Sasha. If you're listening, you got madness to thank. <laughs> you're welcome, Sasha. If 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 in fact I did have something Modest. to do with it, yeah. Uh, tag team division. We have the Hardys and Cesaro competing in an Iron Man match. Um, you think this is a good idea? Yes, because I didn't expect this at all because I was saying for weeks, okay, WrestleMania was a ladder match. You had the regular match at Payback, and then you had the um, Steel Cage match, and then you had the 203 Falls match. So what now? What are you going to do now? So I thought this was a good way. Have we had a tag team Iron Man match before? Not to my knowledge. Nothing I, I think we have. Either. Really? I think we have. I'm almost positive. I think we have. Now I think you about just it. said two different things. <laughs> Out of quick reflection. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm almost positive we did. I'll look it up right now. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't remember it. I I can't recall one in in, in history that I can remember of. I mean, in the WWE promotion, I'm, I'm speaking. Um, I think it's exciting. I think it'd be fun, especially with these two tag teams. We can put on a good show, and we'll get a lot of time out of this match, most likely. Yeah, well, did, did they announce it was 30 minutes, or did yes, they not? They did minutes. say that? Okay. Yeah, I think that'll be good. These guys obviously can go for 30 minutes. I'd be surprised if you don't get majority of that 30 minutes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a cool match. I feel like we kind of already know who's going to win because they've already announced that Sheamus is going to be away <laughs> filming a movie with Josh Dumal, or however you say that guy's name. Bless you. Thank you. Bless you. <laughs> I'm allergic to Seamus. Yeah, well, before we get into predictions for this match, Cesaro against Finn Balor. I enjoyed that match. It was fun. It's great. I, I mean, think that those two guys are great in there awesome. together. And you know Finn's going to give it his all. I think it was a great match. Great TV match. Yeah, Elias Samson gets involved because him and Finn Balor are a thing. Some of these people that get call-ups call like this, I, I don't get get it. I mean, not nothing against Elias Samson, but I never thought he was great in NXT, where I was like, that guy should be on the main card. That guy should get demoted. <laughs> demoted to the main roster. Uh, yeah, he didn't really make a huge impression down there. No. Sort he, of like someone else who's pretty much doing nothing now. I got called up and wasn't doing anything in the NXT roster. Who? The guy that got punted by Braun Strowman. Oh, Paulo. Oh, pa- okay. I forgot about that already. Already, uh-huh. yeah. It's kind of easy, huh? When it hasn't done anything. It is. Yeah, that match was good, though. Finn and Cesaro. <clears throat> but I am concerned that it just seems like they have nothing for Finn Balor. Yeah, they're kind of feeling out what they want to do with him. Um, it could be maybe they're holding him out for the minute afterward- afterwards. There's never been a 30-minute Iron Man tag team match. There's been 15. Okay, a 15-minute Iron yes. Man match. Second wow. Second legitimate Iron Man match in 15 minutes. WWE logic. With tag, team, <laughs> with tag teams. Yeah, that's like a, a Raw match. It's like a Raw main event, basically. Yes. Um, it's like having a five-minute last man standing match. 
Yeah, Alo, as a fan of Finn Balor, are you at all concerned that maybe Vince, some of the shine came off Finn Balor for Vince? I'm not Because he is small. He did get hurt the very night they put the title on him. Is there any chance that you think that Vince is maybe having some kind of second thoughts? No, I don't think he's having second thoughts. I just think Raw is too cluttered because even Seth Rollins is doing nothing, basically. And we always said, like, what are you going to do with all these guys? Even when the shakeup came. Why'd you take all these guys from SmackDown? They did not need to be on Raw because now Raw is all extra cluttered. Now, I love the match with Cesar. I thought it was really fun. The tag team division, I don't like the fact that they mixed them in again with, mm-hmm. the, with the Hardys again. And then the fact that Cesaro lost again, it makes him look horrible because he actually acts in this match even after getting defeated by Finn Balor the week before. Yeah. So I'm not sure what to expect. Finn Balor versus Elias Samson is even an official match on the card. So, no, Finn is not on the card. Yeah, for the he's second, not on the pay per view. Yeah, for the second time in mm-hmm. three months, he's not even on a pay per view card, which makes no sense to me. And that's because I just think Raw is way too cluttered. Could be protecting him in a way too. I mean, not saying that's what it is for sure. It definitely is cluttered, and there's not enough quality matches to go around. But I mean, they could just there's not because it's not even a mid card. If, if you think about look at the Raw roster, and you say legitimate mid card guys, you have the Miz. You got Dean Ambrose in, in the upper on the upper echelon of mid card. You could you go flip flop him in the main event. But other than that, who do you have? Everybody else is like considered. Maybe look you look at him like okay, he can be the guy. But they don't they haven't presented these guys that way because Roman is usually in, in world title contention. He's presented larger than life. Braun Strowman he doesn't need a title. Bray Wyatt he's whatever. Seth Rollins is a former well, world champion. Bray Wyatt. <laughs> it's like how do you, it's like these all these guys are presented as these are my world title guys. They don't belong in this mid-card. So what are you going to do? Like you said about the IC title, maybe you get Finn going against the Miz for the IC title. And then you get the Demon King coming and SummerSlam facing the Miz, and the Miz get all paranoid, which I think would be really good. Because unlike what he did with Seth last year, the Miz could actually get get that over. Yeah. Like the whole Demon King thing. Uh, I mean, obviously in like three months, we'll know a lot more about where Finn Balor stands. I just personally am feeling a little concerned. Maybe I'm overreacting. But I don't feel real good about it. It's okay, dude. <laughs> Thank another you. Thing, another, thing is, another thing about Finn Balor and why his booking is so lackluster is because Brock Lesnar is the Universal Champion. Yeah. If you had that title on TV, you'd have a lot more to play you with. You have a lot. Yeah. You have, just like, you have a lot more to work with, TV wise. Yeah. Yeah, because those guys are all there without any direction yeah. or purpose. Yeah. Raw leaves a lot, although. I did think this week was better than it was better. it's been. I, I enjoyed this show I mean, a lot more I, than I, I have. I wouldn't mind seeing a Samoa Joe Finn Balor feud for the Universal title. It's great. Well, it probably, it probably will eventually get that. Yeah, it's probably at some point. way down the road, though. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Hardys or the or Seamus and Cesaro? Hardys. The Hardys or the bar? <laughs> or the bar? The bar. <laughs> the bar? I'm gonna go, you, you said the Hardys? Yeah, Hardys. Hardys. You know, I'm going the Hardys too. I think it's pretty obvious. Looking forward to them having the titles back. And Matt does seem very broken on social media. Oh, that's fine. He dropped the wonderful on on the yeah, commentary. That was awesome. It was. By the way, wonderful. <laughs> I I did love that he did that. I like that he's kind of not letting it go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So clean sweep for the Hardys. I just think that's the the way to go. Cruiserweight Championship. The power of Tazawa. Against the Neville level, uh, Neville beat Mustafa Ali. Was Tazawa even on the show? Yeah. Yes. He was. What did he do? I don't even remember. I believe 
What did he do, Joe? He was on the show. Did he face uh, Noam Dar? No, that was Cedric. We'll get to that. that I popped up huge. Cedric? Yeah. He was definitely on the show. I don't remember seeing no, him. Titus was on the show. Not not, not Tozel. Yeah. So, and then this match got put on the pre-show. Yes. Which is a shame. Yeah. I mean, how are you going to promote the brand and then keep pushing it to the pre-show? Like, this could be the best match of the night, theoretically. Like, these two guys are both great. I think it could be the best match, and it's only going and to be... be highly entertaining, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. That is on the pre-show. I mean, there's no way they're going to change that title on the pre-show. It's just not going to happen. No, I think... Not that I thought it was going to happen anyway, but... Yeah, because, like, Neville, I think he'll run to the rest of the Cruiserweight division. I think the only guy left after Tazal... Well, my pick is Neville, by the way. Did you pick Neville, too, already? Yes. Okay, so... Yeah, I'm on Neville, too. Okay, so, we all, we're, all, so mm-hmm. we're all picking Neville. So, my third of the Cruiserweight division is I think he's going to run past the whole entire division because that's what he's basically done every month since the Royal Rumble. So, I think he runs through Cedric next month, and I think in September we'll get Enzo. You think so? Yeah, but my thing, my my fear is they'll take the title off of Neville to give the Enzo. Oof, man, I don't know about that. That's my fear. Ugh, that is my fear because we were talking about Enzo. People were talking about how people don't stay for two or five live, and you want people to watch it live. You don't want people to leave the arena. But kids and everybody, they love Enzo. Yeah, Enzo has enough of a following to get people to hang out for a while. Yeah. And a lot of people, they may not, like, he, Neville's a heel. And a lot of people don't understand, don't look at it the way we do. It's like, okay, we'll, of course, we'll stay for Neville, but the average fan, they won't stay for Neville. And then the, the WWE, they cater to the average fan, not only the hardcore fan. And they got you have to get these people to stay. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll free beer. We'll <laughs> <laughs> stay. Yeah. Well, what, what were your thoughts on Cedric and Noam Dar? Corey Graves was the best part of this. <laughs> Cork, he was perfect. He had a line says the he had a line saying, Look how beautiful Alicia Fox is in that neck brace. It'll be the hottest accessory by the end of the summer. Yeah. <laughs> Alicia Fox. That was the best part yeah. of the segment. They need to move Cedric on officially. Yes. Like it has to end. I said this to Derek, I may have said this to Russ when I hosted Falls Count Anywhere last week. By the way, you guys could listen to on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Google Play, I tune in. Uh, so check that out. I believe it was uh, Volume 13. Also check out Volume 14 of Falls Count Anywhere. Um, Cedric keeps saying that he's done with it, but he somehow is still involved in it. He's like the ex-boyfriend who says he's done with it, but is never really done. <laughs> that like that's, that's what it's starting to feel like. So I hope he can distance it himself from it in the very near future but who knows I do think he's going to be the next one to challenge for that title though I think that they've definitely invested a lot of time on Cedric Alexander that it looks like they're going to put him in that spot yeah I think that'll be probably the the best in-ring cruiserweight match we've got other than the matches with Aries because mm-hmm. I think they've been holding on for that match for a while yeah uh, Seth and Bray Wyatt, I really have nothing to say. Nothing's really happening. Nothing. It's just a thing that a match that's going to happen. I'm not looking forward to it. There's not much to it. I mean, I, I, I like Seth's promo. I mean, he's been getting better cutting solo promos, but I mean, again, there's not much build up to it. And you just see a random like picture of Bray in the desert ran, randomly later. Mm-hmm. I, I like the changes to change the scenery, but other than that, it's like he says the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my thing with Bray Wyatt. He says the same thing all the time. I'm a god and stuff, but. 
How you're a guy, you lose all the time. <laughs> Literally, all the time. <laughs> yes. Like, you're always losing yeah. to everyone. The, like, what's this about? That brave man that he's on the cover of a video game? I don't know. Like, I don't know what this is about. Or that Bray is saying, like, you, you say you've broken away from the machine, but you're on the cover of their game. It can't be both things. I, I don't know. You're part machine, maybe, like a Terminator? <laughs> yeah, I have, I have nothing really to say about it. I, I don't really care, which is a shame because I'm a fan of both of these guys. So I'm going to say Seth Rollins wins because Bray Wyatt always loses. Joey? I, I just don't think we should all agree on every match. I want to go Bray Wyatt. All right. I'm trying. I'm. I'm. I'm curious. I think this will be a thing going into SummerSlam. So I'll say Bray Wyatt. You'll say Bray Wyatt. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully I'm wrong because as much as I love Seth, I think Bray could really use win? something. I mean, God's gotta win eventually. Yeah, he is a god. He should win something <laughs> sometime. Uh, Enzo and Cass. I thought Enzo's opening promo was great. It was great until he picked up the mic the second time. <laughs> then it was a little confusing. But it was great. Yeah, I, even then I thought it was good. They, they did a good job of... We had soured on Enzo and Cass for a couple months. Just saying, like, they're they're kind of played out. A year. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't do anything much with them. I mean, it was definitely sour. But now they made you care about what happens with these guys. You know, Enzo gets his heart broken by Cass. Cass is showing a different edge. He attacks Cass backstage during his interview. I like how they painted the whole thing from start to beginning. They opened up with a segment when he's like, kind of begging for Cass. You know, we've been friends, buddies, and they show him turning on him. Then Mm -hmm. Enzo comes out with a real edge and it's just balls to the wall in his promo. Then we get to the what the backstage segment. Yeah, when he when he jumps at him. Yeah, they they made you feel invested in it. Alo, did you like it as much as everybody else seemed to? Yeah, I loved it because I thought it hit on a lot of truths. And I, like Joey said, I think it was I thought it was really interesting that they started the show off with the video package and led into the beginning of the first segment in the show. And the thing I liked about this is it hit about it hit a bunch of truths because Enzo was the main talker in the group, and he always says, "I'm always I'm like I'm always getting used to I'm always used to getting beat up." That's a fact we've said on the yeah. show that Enzo does not need to wrestle single matches. And I pray for him in the Cruiserweight division if, that, if that's where he goes. And I like him even getting pers- pers- personal with Cass, saying you're a seven, saying you're a seven foot catchphrase that I created, and without me, you're gonna be your, your checks on to say have zero dimes. <laughs> I, I thought I, I thought he actually took it to Cass on the mic, and he's like over over the fact that he turned on him, and he's going to actually go toe to toe Cass. I even Cass, and I even like him attacking Cass backstage, giving him that extra edge. Like, okay, I'm ready for you. So. This goes to something we talk about all the time. He he was in there saying, like, basically, I'm one of the toughest guys that's ever... I may not be the best, I'm not the strongest, I'm not the biggest, but I'm one of the toughest guys that's ever stepped into this ring. And he said that, and then his actions proved that afterwards. Like, he went and attacked the seven-footer. The seven-footer. Yeah, just... His... Yeah, sometimes... I think, not that I think his, his mic skills are overrated, but there are sometimes I think he thinks he's a lot better at it than he, he is. He tries to be too clever yeah. and misses the point. Yeah, but like when he said he's his mouth has dug him much bigger holes to climb out of than seven feet. 
like little things like that. I was like, all right, that th- this is so personal between these two. It- it's a big deal. And him attacking him, I thought was great. And my hope is that this is a very non-competitive match. Like the cast just annihilates him. Is what I'm hoping. I'm picking Big Cast to win. I can't imagine anyone else not picking Big Cast to win. You're not picking Big Cast to win. I think Angel's gonna win because of the Big Show. No, I just think I think Angel's gonna Cast is gonna beat him up. Well, if Cast if Angel wins, it's gonna be by roll up. Or if he wins, it'll be by disqualification. Those are my two two things. Because a lot of times the smaller guy kind of like weasels his way to a victory and steals one, but the big guy the bigger guy still looks strong. But I do think Cass is going to end up facing the big show at SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. At that, I feel like is that's a rite of passage for a big guy yeah. is to go through the big show. <laughs> uh, before we move on to SmackDown, we do have the interview with Michael Elgin. Uh, we will bring that to you in just a moment. But first, I guess this is this week's edition of Ronnie vs. the World. Michael Elgin's star shone brightly on Saturday night on the New Japan show, the first ever... U.S. broadcast live of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I just wanted to say, Ronnie vs. the World, sometimes it's critical, sometimes it's angry. This is coming from a very positive place. As someone who has seen the worn-out formula of WWE Wrestling for so long, who has sat through Twitter during WWE pay-per-views and Monday Night Raw and SmackDown of just negative comments all the time, the energy created by New Japan, the number one trend on Twitter and in North America, it was universally praised on social media. The crowd was energetic. The talent looked like they loved being there. I thought this show was awesome. I thought it was really cool to see something live on regular TV that wasn't WWE. We don't see a lot of live shows that aren't WWE. Yeah. So it was cool to see. I thought it was a lot of fun. I hope that the success they had leads to them doing more of it. Uh, I tip my cap to Mark Cuban for greenlighting a live New Japan special on a Saturday night. I thought it was great. Um, yeah, I look forward to a lot more of that in the future. I think it's awesome. And I think it, it's good for the industry of pro wrestling that someone else is capable of... A little competition is good. Yeah, of stepping up to, to the plate like that. Uh, so with that being said, I guess now we will bring in our guest, Michael Elgin. Big Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very well. Yourself? Uh, we're doing good over here. We're very excited to have you on the show. I guess not only a guest, in a way I guess we can consider ourselves partners. Uh, we're sponsoring your upcoming Glory Pro show. What date was that again? This Sunday, July 9th. So July 9th, big event. It is in Illinois. It's uh, Is it Bellevue, Illinois? Belleville, right up. Belleville. Uh, maybe 20 minutes outside of St. Louis. Okay. So, oh, so you're you're close to the St. Louis area. Yes. All right. So we're all the way from Philadelphia. My geography of the Midwest is not the greatest. <laughs> um, yeah, I wish we'd be able to go to this show. It's a little bit of a hike for us, but uh, we're we're excited to be a part of it. We're excited to uh, to help in any way we can to see a lot of other wrestlers get get jobs new shows get promoted and produced so it, it's really a pleasure for us to uh, to be involved with it um, the first question that I want to ask you, the question I'd ask everybody, now from what I read you started very young, at age 14 in the world of wrestling, is that correct? Yes, I started my training at 14 
So what was it that, that made you want to get involved in this world of pro wrestling? Really, I just I can't remember a time that I didn't love pro wrestling. You know, growing up, I was the youngest in my family and got all the hand-me-down video tapes, <laughs> and all that stuff, and just uh, I never grew out of it. And I just happened to stumble upon a flyer at a live WWE show in Toronto that offered a two-week summer camp for ages 14 and up to be a pro wrestler, and I went there and then joined that school for a couple of years, and then found a better school in Toronto when I was uh, 16. Wow, so that's awesome. They were actually promoting that you could start at 14. Yeah, but it, as it, like, obviously I didn't know then, but anywhere that's going to train you at 14 probably isn't the best place. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. <laughs> They're just trying to get any student they can. Um, yeah, how how long did you say you were there at that original school? I was there about a year and a half, and then I found a better school in Toronto. So, obviously, it didn't take too long for you to find a better school. Is there anything you learned in the first school that you still take with you today? I mean, I learned how to bump. That's about it. <laughs> I guess that's an important thing to, to take with you. That's one of the most important things you need to be able to do. Um, yeah, you know, ultimately, like, in a weird way, I was almost self-taught. Because there was a lot of, even at both schools, it was going in early and staying late. And kind of figuring out things for myself mm-hmm. from watching tapes. Like when I started, you know, we were following the attitude era. So everybody that started around the time I did, you know, their favorite wrestlers were The Rock and Stone Cold. They didn't really know about the indies. Mm-hmm. And I'd watched wrestling all my life, so I grew up watching guys, you know, like the British Bulldogs and Ricky Steamboat and all those guys that kind of had a more athletic style. And then mm-hmm. I started watching indies very young as well as Japanese wrestling. So a lot of it was kind of self-taught, you know. Uh, of course, I was taught, you know, how to lock up, how to bump and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of, like, the things that I've become and the moves that I do and the strikes and everything were kind of self-taught. Wow, so that's incredible. So this was, a lot of this was just stuff you kind of learned on your own and kind of picked up how to do it. Was a lot of it just natural, or was it more you just put in an immense amount of effort to be able to teach yourself these things? You know, it was a little bit of both. Like, because I'd watched wrestling for so long, a lot of things that I was taught, like the lockups and the bumps and basic moves like a hip toss and body slam and stuff, it came very natural. I didn't need many tries at those just because I'd watched wrestling, so I kind of had in my head how to do it. Obviously, I need instruction how to do it properly, but it definitely didn't take long to do those type of things. Yeah, so you already mentioned some of your influence, influences, Ricky Steamboat, the Bulldogs. Uh, are there any guys that you're kind of still learning from now, whether they're guys in WWE, guys you're working with all over the world? Is there anyone who's still influencing what you do now? Yeah, of course, you know. Um, I, I still watch a ton of tape, and I try to go back and take some guys I look up to and guys that you know, people say I remind them of, like a Dr. Destiny Williams. Mm-hmm. Dan Hansen are my favorites, like Kevin Kabashi and Shawn Michaels. I, I, watch, I watch a lot of tapes still. You know, I do an hour of cardio every morning, and I'll either watch a DVD if I'm doing cardio at my house, or if I'm at the gym, I'll pull something up on YouTube and, and watch something. Are there ever times that there's something new you add to your arsenal that, that you didn't know you had in you? Or do you, are you kind of confident enough to know, if I want to try this, I'm going to be able to pull it off? Yeah, like, I don't ever try to 
go too much out of my realm of what I can physically do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been very weird. Like I remember the I used to do like the twisting sope. Yeah. Kind of go over <laughs> sideways and do a three sixty. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I did it, I called it in the match, and people were like, "Have you done that before?" I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just confident I could do it. So the things that I end up trying or you know adding to my move set are stuff I'm pretty confident that I can do. And luckily, you know, it hasn't hasn't been in the book yet. <laughs> so it's kind of like you know who you are, you know what you're capable of, and I guess that's an important part of pro wrestling is just knowing who you are because character work is a lot of it, and I think there are, that may be the hardest thing to learn how to do is know who you are when you're out there. Is that something that took time for you to learn because you watched so much wrestling? Did you kind of have an idea of who you were before you even started? Um, yes and no. Like, it took me a while. Um... When I was 19, I had knee surgery, and I had a couple months off, and that's when I really changed to start to become who I am today. You know, before I just kind of did stuff and do stuff, and um, when I had some time off, I really formulated what I wanted to be, because I watched a lot of Kenta Kibashi, Stan Hansen, uh, Dr. Destiny Williams, and actually, like, uh, the Austin 316 videotape I've watched religiously, <laughs> just because of his aura. His aura was very, like, it wasn't an over-the-top gimmick. It was just kind of that aura of you knew when he was coming out, he was going to beat somebody up. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I wanted it to be. So having an idea of what you wanted to do, obviously, as I said at the top of the of the interview, you, you're very accomplished. You've won world titles. You've won intercontinental titles. You've won tag titles all over the world. Um, what was it like for you to be a part of the first live New Japan broadcast in the United States? Uh, man, it was incredible, you know. Uh, New Japan has been so amazing to be a part of. And the fact that they came to the States and it was live on TV and uh, just how great all both shows came off. I mean, it was incredible to be a part of something so historic. Yeah, what I was struck by most is, so I our podcast is typically very WWE heavy, so I don't get as much time to watch outside of WWE as I'd like. I've tried to pick that up recently in the last couple months but watching that show it actually felt really significant and really important and I don't feel that as often when I'm watching even a WWE pay-per-view anymore because there's so much of it but it was really cool to watch something and I'm like this is a big event here this means something uh, and that the energy in the crowd and I even feel like it came across on TV with the talent in the ring that you guys knew how special this was yeah, you know, we definitely did. Uh, if we want to continue to run stateside and, and be and, and really be in, in the U.S. market, just like they are in Japan, then we mm-hmm. have to bring our A game every time we come out. Yeah, I, and I thought everyone did from top to bottom. Your match in particular, I heard, you know, pretty much almost universally that people felt that. Your match with Kenny Omega was the match of the night. I know I felt that way. I thought it was incredible. Uh, Hard-hitting. Put on a great show. What what is the response that you've received personally, specifically about your match with Kenny Omega on Saturday night? Yeah, you know, luckily it seems like fans and company were happy with it. So that's always a plus, you know. Uh, When you're in the ring with somebody like Kenny, it's hard to have a bad match. (laughs) I think for the style that we all represent in New 
Japan. Uh, I kind of found my calling just because that's always been kind of the style that that I wrestle. So with other guys who compete with that New Japan style, I think it's much easier to, to perform big matches with. Now, you just said that that fits your style so well. Is that something you knew before you ever were even involved in New Japan? Like, I belong there, I fit in there, or did you learn that upon actually finally getting to do it? Well, I never thought that, like, I belong there, but I definitely felt that if I got the opportunity to perform for New Japan that I would fit in. And luckily, you know, in 2015, I did the G1, and uh, mm-hmm. I did fit in, and they offered me a contract. So it was one of those things where I just felt that my style would, would adapt well to them. Hey, Mike, last December you left Ring of Honor inside with New Japan. What were some of the differences between you and Ring of Honor that made you two part ways? Really, man, it was just the communication. You know, I was sick of uh, just asking about details or this show coming up after I was told that I'd be on every show when I was stateside. And it was just poor communication, so I didn't want to deal with it anymore and uh, moved on. You know, and you and the stateside and you Mike, you there? It's been working out great. Uh, I so an, another question, and I, I mentioned also that my the, the fact that I'm trying to get into the indies more because WWE, you kind of know what you're getting. It's such an oversaturated market at this point. They're asking so much of us as fans of WWE. Like you have to watch it. Sometimes Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, part of what I'm enjoying about the indies is there's almost there's a, a better energy from the fans. If you're on social media, there's more of a positive reaction that you're getting on an independent show than you are to WWE. I feel like a more positive reaction in the stands. And there's just a freedom and an energy there that is missing from WWE. So the question I'm getting to is, people always talk about the next WWE boom. Like, when will it happen? Will it ever happen? And I look at the indies. There's so much talent there. There are so many good shows being put on all over the place on a weekly basis. Do you think that maybe the next wrestling boom is the independent scene right now? I definitely think so, you know. And I think that's actually thanks to WWE. I think when they started using guys like Seth Rollins and... uh, Ambrose and Kevin Owens and AJ Styles and, and they referenced, you know, New Japan and they referenced the Indies like Ring of Honor and PWG. Um, I think that's really helped grow the Indies, you know. I think when the network came out they were talking about buying up Indies and just everything for only 10 bucks that people were afraid the Indies were going to suffer. And I think it's helped more than ever because you get these in-depth stories from wrestlers talking about their time on the independence and then fans look like, oh, geez, these guys are this good. What's left on the indie now? Let's see how good they are. And then they watch the show and they're blown away by the athleticism and the styles that, that are represented on the companies that you hear people talking about and then they start to become indie fans. So I think that right now the indies are booming. I mean, we went into a building just with Glory Pro at the beginning of the year where they're used to draw 250 and we're drawing 350 consistently, which is capacity. Yeah. And we have 500 for our new venue this Sunday so uh, it's incredible how good the Indies are doing you know this area has not over the years done very good drawing you know on top crowds would be you know 2 250 and we've been mm-hmm. drawing consistent 350 and now we're moving into a show and still got a you know a couple days ahead of time and probably be walk up and we got 500 people so 
uh, the Indies are definitely booming. Wow, so you're already seeing growth within Glory Pro itself. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. So, I mean, that's very uh, encouraging to hear. And I actually appreciate what you just said. Because one of the things I thought was almost... I almost felt resentful towards WWE that they're <laughs> buying up all the indie talent. And it's like, I feel like, are you just trying to pick them clean? But I never thought of it from that perspective that they're shining a light on all these promotions and people see you know a guy like AJ Styles come in who they may not have seen and they're like oh well where was this guy before or as you said a Seth Rollins so that is interesting that you're kind of seeing a benefit from WWE giving a lot of these guys a chance yeah you know absolutely I mean I, I've heard better than they have been uh, I do an AEW out in Chicago, and mm -hmm. they're drawing tremendously. And I've been with them since 2012, and these are the biggest houses they've ever had. PWG consistently sells out. Uh, all the indies that I'm taking part in are having record crowds, you know, since mid-last year when all this started happening with all the guys. And it's incredible to think of how many or how much the growth has been on the indies. Like, as I said, just alone, I'm finding out with Glory Pro that if you have a good show and are promoting it and people are hearing about the talent that's on the Indies, you can draw a massive crowds. I mean, as I said, we're in a building that's never seen more than 260, and now we're drawing 350. And in this new building, I know the last show that ran there had, like, 50 people, and that was three years ago, and now we've already sold 500 tickets. So the growth is incredible. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that for you guys. Oh, Aaron, go ahead. Hey, Mike, when the show first started, Ron mentioned that we're always down for local promotions and wrestlers creating their own visions for the fans. What were some inspirations for you to start Glory Pro Wrestling? Uh, well, I have a school out here in St. Louis, and they didn't have the best shows in the area to perform on. And it's always nice to kind of have that promotion to go with your school to kind of give your students, like, a goal, you know. Well, my goal is to train hard and class and hit the gym and get in better shape so that I can be part of said motion. So uh, I had some time off with the injury I had late last year to put everything into motion between finding a building, naming the company, getting banners, and getting talent books for shows coming up and everything. So uh, really, that was inspiration. Also, on our network, we have a series called Throwback Madness, and when we do that, we go back and we go back in time from the month we're in, and we review the old pay-per-view. So recently, we did an ECW show, and we talked about the difference between differences between an ECW and a WWE show. At the time, the ECW they always gave the fans what they wanted, and with us being based out of Philadelphia, we have Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore promotion, and the one thing he does is try to embrace that ECW culture. Is there a special culture or a vibe you want to adopt for Glory Pro Wrestling? Yeah, you know, uh, St. Louis is such a rich history of pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. There's the great promoters in the St. Louis area. You hear about the great shows. and Guys like Ric Flair coming here and defending the world title and Harley Race and Bruiser Brody, you know, wrestling at the chase. Always, It always comes up when people talk about classic wrestling. So we're really trying to adopt that uh, the classic wrestling feel, but with the new age wrestling, you know, the best way I like to like to say is we're trying to mix like the old school NWA with the new school New Japan slash Ring of Honor in ring style, so that fans are getting both kind of both things, you know, like wins matter. The referees have 
have actual control and uh, <laughs> we're not insulting we're not insulting the fans my favorite thing my favorite. <laughs> yeah what yeah. a concept yes <laughs> yeah like logic come off, you know, fans have been talking to us saying you know this has a different feel about it it feels like like wins matter because of how championships are defended against people and who gets the title matches or people that won certain amount of matches or people who who won a match that the contendership was in for not just like oh we're bringing in so and so they're gonna get a title match obviously that happens once in a while mm-hmm. and angle purposes but it helps further an angle more so than just bringing somebody in because I know personally you know I'll be booked on a show you know in February and I'm wrestling their champion and then I come back in September and they have a new champion I'm wrestling that champion not that that's a bad thing to do of course you want your champion to look good and mm-hmm. everything but we're just trying to make make everything seem important a, a win seem important a, a loss seem important everything so um, that's all so Obviously, I'd assume running your own promotion is a pretty big undertaking. What is it like trying to juggle that responsibility with your actual career that you're still very much involved in? You know, it's surprisingly easy. You know, I'm very coordinated, so I try to have everything in order (laughs) Uh in advance, um, which I've found, you know, some people don't. But that happens. Um, You know, it's been easy. You know, especially because you have so much easy access to Twitter or YouTube mm-hmm. or email on your phone that no matter where I am, I can kind of communicate with everybody. Now, did starting your own promotion actually maybe give like a little bit of a jolt to you in your career, like kind of a new inspiration to try to get even better? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I want to be the best I can be because my matches, you know, I'm trying to influence people to come to the show with a match like me against Cody Rhodes but then when they come they get hooked on the talent that I'm using that maybe they haven't seen before and then they want to come back no matter who's on the show yeah see and that that is uh, brilliant because I had never had that thought before and I went to my first House of Hardcore show in Philadelphia almost I guess it was a year and a half ago and the first person that really stood out to me was Tony Nese who I had never heard of had never seen him before and he just jumped out at me. I said, this guy is incredible. I hope I see more from him. And now we see him in WWE as part of the cruiserweight division. So you're right. You could you could have somebody at the top of the card that's going to draw you in, and then you see something you never saw before that's going to keep you coming back. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Ron just hit on something, my next, my next question. He just mentioned Tony Nese, how he popped at him. So my favorite thing about these promotions is being exposed to new wrestlers who we may not have heard of yet, and they could quickly draw us into them and make us a fan instantly. Who are some wrestlers on your roster that we should look out for? Man, seriously, and you know, this is obviously, you know, something that most promoters would say, but (laughs) I'm really, I think the whole roster is people that you got to look out for, because that's what I've been doing, you know, I... Don't allow just any student on the show. They have to mm-hmm. be working on getting in better shape. They have to be working on their entering style. And then all the guys that I use that aren't from my school are people I've come across on my travels that I look at them and watch their work and think, why are they not on a bigger platform? So I bring <laughs> them in because I think they should be on a bigger platform. So everybody's been doing really good, to be honest. So you're 
you obviously have your own students, and like you said, you, you're not just throwing anybody on the card. But then even in your travels, you're finding new guys and saying, you know what, I want to give this guy a chance. Is there anything specific you look for in a talent that makes you want to bring them in? Or could it be any number of things? Well, first, I think, do they look like a wrestler? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then secondly, I hear the crowd reaction from their match and see, watch their, their match and see, you know, what what they do that's different from everybody else on the card because if you stand out with your match being totally different than everybody else's then you bring something different to the table and if you bring something different to the table than anybody else I have on the roster then you stand out and makes every match different so that's big to me now you mentioned uh, we, we hear this a lot someone looking like a wrestler what what is what does that look what does that look mean to you because some people think it just means you're seven feet tall and shredded or whatever, but it, it it could mean it could mean a lot of different things to different people. If you look like you're at least hit the gym, mm-hmm. that's all I care about. You don't have to be you don't have to be super tall. You don't have to be you know 250 pounds shredded. As long as you look like you could be an athlete, and athletes come in different sizes, shapes, and everything. You know, there's runners that are athletes, there's swimmers that are athletes, there's football players that are athletes, basketball players that are athletes, baseball players. You know, there's a ton of different athletic looks. And as long as you look like a wrestler and your gear looks professional, that's what I look for. Okay. Now, you obviously are very heavily involved in the Midwest of the United States right now. And your formative years, I assume, mostly took part in Canada. Is there is there a similarity in the wrestling culture between Canada and the Midwest? Do you think that it's it's different? Is is there one that you prefer over the other, or it's kind of all great? Uh, you know, they're similar, but there's always going to be differences. You mm-hmm. know, um, I think with my helping with the Midwest, you know, my students and people who come to my camps are getting a little bit more of the Canadian style of wrestling. Um, you know, there's a little bit of difference in style just because of the training, but uh, <clears throat> they're very similar. You know, a lot of the same mentality and everything. So, so another thing that I, that I'm always curious about: how much of an eye do you keep on WWE at this point in your career? Is it something that you find entertaining? Is it something you still want to watch, or are you just so focused on what you have going on that WWE has kind of fallen off the radar? I mean, I try to catch up with it when I can. Um, I don't do cable, so mm-hmm. I don't watch the weekly shows. And uh, if there's a match that I seem interested in on a pay-per-view, you know, I'll try to watch it. Mm-hmm. If I'm home on a Sunday and it's on, I'll probably watch it. And if not, I'll try to catch up on it when I'm doing cardio. It just depends on what other wrestling I have to watch. So, yes, cut, cutting the cable, you're, you're a smarter man than I because <laughs> I'm still stuck with cable, and I don't know why sometimes. Um one thing that was kind of a big story a couple weeks ago was the Wrestle Circus promotion that aired, streamed live on that website, Twitch TV. Um, I thought it was a great thing because it, it opened up a smaller show to a much larger possible audience. I know that there was uh, the ability to tip the talent that was on the show. Uh, have you heard about this or, or no? Yeah, yeah, I was on the show. Um, oh, you were on that show. Yeah, 
yeah, they're just looking for different avenues, which I appreciate. You know, it's always fun. Um, it's always fun to try to see new ways to get eyes on a product, which is good. And, you know, I commend them for finding something new. Yeah, I think it, it, it was a great idea. I got super excited for it when I saw it. Um, is that something you think you'd ever try with Glory Pro? Is that something you'd be interested in pursuing at some point? No, it's hard because DVD sales are, are you know, help companies grow, especially producing good shows. So I try to make sure that everybody's kind of, the, the company's seen the benefits of releasing DVDs and everything. So it would be hard to stream it for free because, you know, whether people want to pay for the show and mm-hmm. tip the show, not per se the wrestlers, like, you just never know. You never know if that's going to come come out well you know when you can make 350 a month on a dvd or something so right so so as fans of wrestling um what, what are the best ways that guys like us can support independent wrestling like what what would you say to somebody who asked you that question man you know a lifeline is purchasing a dvd or um or streaming um those help so much so that's a, that's the biggest thing. So I, that's another thing I never really thought of. I mean, I know they, they sell DVDs all the time, uh, but I never really considered that. I thought, you know, I'd buy my ticket, but that actually kind of gives me a push to, if I go to a show, I might want to buy the DVD as well because you guys are out there yeah, killing yourselves yeah. to entertain us, so why not do everything we can to uh, to support you guys? Yeah, for sure, you know, especially if it's, you know, a card, let's say, you know, to a fan that, wanted was interested in a me against cody or a hijacking smart fuji match you know it's ten dollars i think buy as an mp4 from smart Mark video mm-hmm. and you could buy that if you live you know where you guys are in philly but can't make it to the show you know that helps out and support just as much as anything else now how far from your home base will you take glory pro shows or is it always pretty much in this in the same area uh, as of for now, you know it's going to be in the same area. You don't want to grow too quickly, or that's when you start losing money. So you're not trying to do what uh, what WCW tried to do <laughs> back in the '90s. They they overextended no. themselves, okay. <laughs> and they they paid the price for it. Uh, so the last thing I, I want you to really uh, sell any of our listeners. Oh, Aaron, yeah, I have one more thing for you, Mike. What's the ultimate goal for Glory yeah. Pro Wrestling? You know, the the main goal is to be a top promotion in the United States, and I hope that when companies like a PWG or Ring of Honor evolve or missing talent because guys are getting signed at WWE or moving on to something else, that uh, they look at Glory Pro to find those guys to fill those voids. And you see that happening. I mean, I have every confidence in the world. You're clearly passionate about this. You're clearly doing everything you can to see it grow, so... You you do see this in the future. This is not a hope. This is kind of you know this is going to happen. Yeah, I really think so. You know, I think we're getting a lot of eyes on the product, and everybody's been performing so well that I think for sure that when guys need talent, they're going to look at us and see who's doing well. Yeah, well, that's great. So now any of our listeners who aren't familiar with Glory Pro, who maybe are just hearing about this show on Sunday for the first time, we do have some listeners in Illinois, so there may be somebody within driving distance. So sell them on this Glory Pro show on Sunday the 9th. Well, uh, it's myself against Cody Rhodes. we got AR Fox coming in. we got 
Martin Stone, who wrestles as Danny Burks on the WWE Network, who's in the UK tournament and been on NXT the last few weeks. Uh, we have Mara Fuji from Pro Wrestling Noah wrestling Donovan Dijak. Uh, and, man, the undercard, if you go to our YouTube page and check out some of the packages that we've done for the big matches that mm-hmm. are coming ahead this Sunday, I think people are going to be very invested in the local talent just as much as the names we're bringing in. That's great. So it, it sounds like kind of a who's who on this card. Obviously, Cody Rhodes, a huge name, a lot of attention right now. Donovan Dijak as well. Uh, yourself as well. Like I said, you just had a very well-received match on a very big show that was trending number one on Twitter, I believe, in North America on Saturday night. Uh, Mike, it really has been a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. We really appreciate you taking the time. Yes, thank you, Mike. Um, we oh, wish no you, yeah, you we that. wish you all the best with Glory Pro in the future. We look forward to a... Uh, a very long and fruitful partnership with you. Hopefully we can make our way out to the Midwest one day and come to a show. Uh, but until then, again, thank you very much. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. All right, Mike, you take care. You have a great night, and uh, good luck on Sunday. Good luck Sunday, Mike. Thank you very much. Thanks again to our guest, Big Mike Elgin. Uh, we are back now to talk about SmackDown, the 4th of July edition. Uh, the much-hyped return of the free agent, John Cena. Obviously, they want him there on 4th of July. Uh, he addressed other superstars talking about his future. He said, I'm not a part-timer, I'm an all-timer. It's kind of angry. Yeah, he said, I'm a free agent because if I'm going down, I'm going down in a blaze of glory. So does this mean that he's not going to commit to either show? He's just going to kind of do whatever he wants? That's what I took from it. I took it, you're going to see him on both shows. Is that what you think too, Alo? Yeah, he's whenever he's available. Roles. He's booked for some. Roles. So he's just going to do whatever he. W- I kind of like that mm-hmm. because, and I, I think I may also like that because there's definitely a contingency of fans that will hate that he gets to be bigger than the show and do both. Yes, because I love that. Yeah, because I was on Instagram, I posted a picture of John Cena, and I said, "Who's ready for the return of Big Match John?" <laughs> Big Match John. Yeah, just to get, just to piss everybody off. Yeah. And then Elite Collector 215 responded to how he couldn't stand the guy. It's all Big Match John. He says, well, he comes back and he gets shoved into the title scene right away. I'm like, well, when somebody comes back, what do they do all the time? It happens. It happens all the, it happens all the time. Also, is he officially in the title picture? He's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. I was, I was kind of confused there. What, what did I miss? What, 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 he's going to have a match with Rusev. Exactly. Yeah. What, what, Ruru for a flag. Yeah. Well, at least he's not in the title, in title scene yet. Yeah. But, but at the same time, it's, you know, it's like, okay, people have to understand, WWE is not the workers' company. You don't watch the workers' companies, watch Ring of Honor evolve in New Japan. WWE is a sports entertainment. And John Cena, whether you like it or not, he is ratings. And whether you want to admit it or not, he's in most of your favorite matches of all time, probably. Or in the last 10, 15 years. Realistically, he's put in the time. He is a major draw. He's a polarizing wrestler, no matter how, what end of the spectrum you view him. There's no reason not to have he's him. He's the only thing approaching a household name in that company other than Vince McMahon. Like, there's. Yeah, he's earned it. And he's not going to be there forever. I have no issues with it. And I would just hope anyone who has a problem with John Cena being pushed to the top was not cheering for a certain guy who was gone for 12 years and came back <laughs> and won the title. 
because uh, I would guarantee you a lot of those people that were chanting for that guy when he came back, Batista, are yeah, are people who have a problem with John Cena. It, it, it's just a, it's just a fact. I'm like, look, if you're just not a fan of the guy, that's fine. But there are people who genuinely hate this guy. But he has, the, but he always delivers. So, the, the only thing I would have an issue with is if they pulled a a um, Lesnar and had him win the title and not on, be on TV. Yeah, which but we haven't even got there yet. So which he, I don't cool. think he'll do because cool. I, I really don't think he when he's there, he's not there sometimes. Mm. He's there every week and does everything he needs to do, and then he goes off and does another project, and he's gone for a little while. Then he comes back and he's fully invested when he comes back. And then my my other thing is. When you're in the realm of sports entertainment, isn't the goal to branch off into other forms of entertainment? Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, you still come back religious, like, religiously. I don't want to only be Mr. Sexy and Punta Cana. I want to branch <laughs> off into other yeah, worldwide. I'd be. You need to get hooked up with Titus Worldwide. <laughs> I should. I, I, you need me on that brand, brother. <laughs> he, he does. Well, I have DM Titus about brand. Really? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I think we're I think we're prime candidates. Yeah, but that, that's for my, Titus that's my thing. If you're, in a, if you're in a form of entertainment, you wouldn't take that. Yeah, <laughs> like look how much respect. Just a couple haters. Yeah, The Rock gets a lot of respect for how successful he's become. Do you know why he became so successful? Because he started branching out, and then he became successful enough that he could just leave entirely. John Cena is trying to do the same thing. This actually kind of goes back to. Um, Something I said about CM Punk a while ago, that a lot of people were angry with him for leaving WWE and going to UFC and saying, like, you don't deserve to do that. And it's like, why not? Like, it's his life. He's allowed to make the decisions he wants to make. He's allowed to pursue whatever he wants to pursue. What makes any one of us think we can tell someone how they should live their life, what they deserve to do? If you can do something, you deserve to do it. So I feel like there's a lot of that. Like, no, you're just a wrestler, so keep just being a wrestler. But if you're not going to do just wrestling, then we don't want you here anymore. Like, no, that's not how it works. Chris Jericho got cheered probably more than anybody during 2016 and 17. And he left to go play with his band, which he does all the time. Nobody Is anybody holding that against Chris Jericho? Well, it's Chris Jericho. And Fozzie, no offense to Jericho or Fozzie, but they're not nearly as successful as what John Cena's attempting to do. Right? I'm not sure, but I would say say no. I'm pretty confident (laughs) in that. So, yeah, he's in the spot that he deserves to be. I mean, the, the huge reaction on both sides when he came out. So I'm happy to see the guy back. It was good to hear the music. It felt like it made SmackDown feel like a big deal that he came to that show. And to me, that was part of why he was on SmackDown in the first place. It's so he could help sell the secondary show. So he was back to do that. And he set up a match. Yeah. Flag match with Rusev. A good old-fashioned flag match. I, I really didn't want him to have a match. I just want him to float around on both shows. That's what I wanted. But I didn't really. I didn't want to see him in a few with Rusev again. I don't need to see that again. I don't think it's going to be a few. It was the Fourth well, of July thing to do. Well, a two, a two, three week feud. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I do believe we'll see him on Raw in the not too distant future, though. Uh, WWE Championship picture. Alo, you love this too. Are you over gender? 
You got your full gender? It's... The Madaraj hot? He, he needs to move on from Randy Orton because... Like, it has gone on way too long. Yeah, because first, can he do something else than this thing come out after Randy Orton has a match again? Like he he does it every week. That that's the first thing. It's and then he cuts the same promo every week. You he says you Americans is your Americans. That the only reason the USA chance works last night was because it was Independence Day. Yeah. But he says the same thing every time. He's like, I'm gonna say to my people, you you filthy Americans. He says the same thing every he week. He must have the same writers as Bray. <laughs> he might. And then thank God for Randy Orton, because Randy Orton actually said something this time to make it a bit different. And Randy Orton, whether you like Randy Orton, I know you're I know you're you have a brunt for Randy Orton for the last mm-hmm. few, for the last couple of months, but he's really trying. He's really trying to get the, to make people care. He's trying so hard, but gender and creative are giving him nothing to go against. He's cut. He's doing the same thing. He's doing nothing important. He's throwing in one segment in the middle of the sh- in the middle of the show after the Randy Orton match. He's not doing anything important, and you forget he's a champion. Yeah, my one note here was pretty standard stuff. <laughs> pretty because it's basically exactly what we've got in the last few weeks. Cutter. Yeah, Joey, how do you feel about? I know you're you're more of an Orton fan than the two of us. Well, I mean, I like Orton. I always have. Um, I wasn't interested in. Jinder Orton feud from the start. Again, if you want to build him as a champion, I think you need to do other things with him. Yeah, it's it's gotten stale. It's time to move on from it. Yeah, and like the whole yeah, like once you move on from Randy, like if you go if you go to John Cena, which I think would, might might be the smartest thing to do. If you got if you have to go against John Cena, then you can get basically somewhat of a different promos and Jinder will actually put into the spotlight. I know some people. I know it's kind of great that people have with John Cena. It's like, yeah. okay, he's only in the spotlight now because he's John Cena. When it shouldn't be that way. That's just how WWE works. Things mm-hmm. he should be in the spotlight because he's the WWE champion, not because of who he's working with. Yeah. But I think maybe you can get something out of Jinder when it comes to that because John Cena is basically your cook, your your big meat baby face. When it comes when it comes to, when it comes to um, these anti-American heroes, he always has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to that. One because it's something different, <clears throat> and two because I think Cena can get more out of him than Orton has. Yes, yeah. it would definitely catapult it because I said it before and I'll say it again. It just feels like the title secondary on the show. Yeah, uh, United States Championship. We had the Independence Day Battle Royal for number one contendership against Kevin Owens at Battleground. <laughs> a lot of good stuff, I feel like, came out of this. Kevin Owens. Throughout the show. <laughs> Kevin Owens, obviously, always incredible. Well, even going into this, I thought the uh, match, AJ Styles match was Which awesome. That was great. Yeah, that was great. awesome. I wouldn't mind seeing that again. A new match like that we haven't seen before. Fresh. AJ, I love that AJ came out and said how great Gable was to work with. <laughs> because that can only help him. Yeah. Yeah, and he, to have a guy that he kind of picked him up at the end of the match too. It was you know kind of shook his hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for AJ a show. It was a great TV show. Mm-hmm. For AJ to come out and say how great Gable was, huge boost for Gable being that AJ has been doing this for so long and is so well respected. It was a fun match. I was glad that we got it, and I liked that there was something on the line for it too. Like they were fighting for something. Um, we had the hype bros teasing tension between the two of them. We had Tanae Young yes. interviewing Ty Dillinger with the uh, construction worker in the background, the undercover Fandango. 
I loved that whole segment. It was perfect. Dil- right. That Dillinger knew who they both were. No, I was almost That's upset. That's right up your alley. Yeah. I was almost upset. Like, I'm not getting any fashion files this week. Yeah. And then here comes Tanae Young. Yeah. And it was so good. Oh, it was great. Um... That Dillinger told Tanae she was a 10 before he left. <laughs> that he planted the seed of, like, you guys may actually have to fight each other at some point. And then Fandango saying, you know, we may have to go to blows for America. <laughs> I, I loved it. And then Renee Young's face, when they cut to her in the next segment for her interview, I thought that was great, too. She really sold it. Um, what did she have an interview with? Uh, Marie and Mike Kanellis? Yes, which I loved. It was awesome. Mike wearing an interesting shirt. Are you familiar with Mike Bennett? Not uh, per se. I mean, I've kind of done some homework on him, but yeah, not, not kind of Okay, I wasn't sure if, if you were familiar with him or not. Like, I said last week I loved the thing with Sammy for that little snip, mm-hmm. but this week was great. Oh, yeah, well, it built on yeah. last week that you hear, like, the, the clatter of something falling down. Sammy stretching, of course. <laughs> Nobody is more into stretching than Sammy Zane. And then he was being super annoying too. Like, I love this whole thing you're doing. Love, yeah, it's great. The whole thing with the power of love. I thought Sammy was great. Mike Bennett obviously very upset by the end of it that he said Sammy like ruined their moment or whatever. I was a little surprised that how small Mike Bennett is. Mm-hmm. Like Sammy's bigger than him. Yeah. Which I was for well, some Sammy's reason Sammy's reportedly bigger than what you what we think. Yeah, I don't know. He's kind of tall. Is he? Like I know Krupp says Sammy Zane's actually kind of bigger than you think he is. Yeah, I don't know, but um, I thought that he did a great job. <laughs> I love that he really is getting under their skin. I know. I can't wait for the match of Valor. <laughs> yeah, I'm, <laughs> I really I'm really looking forward to it too. I think it was really funny, and I'm I'm honestly I think that the Canellises have something good yeah. going. Like they could do something the very Canellises. entertaining with this. Yeah. Just him having her last name, her doing all the talking, and he's just standing there, I think is great. I can't wait for, like, more. I can't wait to see Sammy get in further with the two of them, too, because I assume every week he's going to do something to annoy the two of them. Um, The actual match, it actually, uh, was it me or was it kind of rushed? It seemed rushed. It just kind of felt like guys were just going out. Every two seconds. Yeah, it went really fast. I mean, the first elimination, Dolph was right before the first commercial break, too. Yeah, the Brazongo spot was great. <laughs> he caught him. Where Tyler got thrown out, yeah, and and uh, Fandango caught him and rolled him back in, and then he threw him back out again. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Um, Mojo eliminated Ryder, so I guess that's officially... Well, I was waiting for that. Remember, I remember yeah. a few weeks back, or me a month or so ago, I mentioned that I think we'll get Mojo mm-hmm. turn on Zach because of what happened. Remember, I think I think Mojo had to beat the WWE champion. Yeah. I think he had to beat Jinder Mahal, mm-hmm. but he didn't. And then Zach Ryder came out the next week. Yeah. And he was kind of frustrated with his position. And then Ryder lost the tag the tag team match against the Usos last week. So I was like, okay, maybe we're going to get Mojo finally breaking out from Zach Ryder because he won the battle royal. He's done nothing since. No, yeah, you usually see something based off that battle royal. Yeah. Like, and that's been kind of a he thing. mentioned it. I would mm-hmm. guess that they made, they made it a thing. It's like, okay, what is Battle Royal? Now what? Yeah. Uh, do either one of you have any hope for Mojo Raleigh? No. Eh. No, okay, no. me neither. I know Prep does, but he hates Zack Ryder. Yeah, he does hate Zack Ryder. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. That's <laughs> you, Prep. You know it, bro. Well, you, you got to like Kevin Owens on commentary. When, when, he, when Mojo threw Zack out, 
like, you traitor! Yeah. Oh, you traitor! Oh, you're turning your best friend! That was awesome. <laughs> that he laid that on so thick. Being the guy who's most known for turning yeah, on his best friend. He was so mad. <laughs> and Mojo throwing Zack right at the top rope. I love that he was telling them to pay attention to the match. <laughs> and then he started breaking down the match. He's like, yeah, see, like I do my homework. I know what I'm talking about. He's awesome on comedy. He's awesome in everything he does. Yeah. He, uh, You could make a case that he is the best thing that they have. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if universally people would say he's the best person on the roster, but a case could definitely be made for Kevin Owens being the best guy they have under contract. Everything he does is entertaining. <laughs> his matches are great. His promos are great. He's great on con- He's like the new CM Punk. Yeah. He's better than everybody in that ring. He's better than everybody on that microphone. He's even better than everybody on commentary, which CM Punk <laughs> said in his pipe bomb promo. Maybe not better than Austin Aries. But. Well, you know what? I, I won't even argue that because Austin Aries... Has done a phenomenal job. Really he's been called him. on for commentary. I really miss Austin Aries. Me too. Um, AJ obviously gets the win. I think we all knew that was going to happen. Kevin Owens goes after AJ post match. I can't wait to see that match again. I can't wait either. That'd be great to see live too. Uh huh. Yeah. Somehow In we'll all Philadelphia. be there. Yeah. We we went from all well not all of us. I know I said I wasn't going to go. Alo, I'm pretty sure you said you weren't going to go. I, I was going to go. Oh, okay, you were always going to go. Mm-hmm. Well, never mind then. It was just me who said I wasn't going to go. <laughs> well, he was lying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am the liar in in this case. Um, what'd you think of the way AJ won with the Pele kick? I mean. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't what I would expect. I mean, Pele kick's usually not a finisher for him. Um, I, I mean, I like seeing him finish with a flying elbow, but it didn't bother me. Yeah, what about you, Alo? Battle well move. It just seemed like an anticlimactic end. Yeah, it's kind of like, eh. To yeah, a match that wasn't all that exciting, really. Although I did, I was appreciative of the fact that Dillinger made it to the final three. Yeah. I was happy for that. Because yeah, where, where has he been? I don't know. But... JR talks about it all the time. Even if you only get 30 seconds, maximize that 30 seconds. He was great when he was on there. Mm-hmm. You know, his interview segment, he was good. Uh, obviously, he was good in the match. So I hope they could find something for him to do at some point soon. Too many guys they have nothing to do with. Yeah. Which is a shame. But I'm glad I dug up Chad Gable again. I know. Yeah, I, me too. I know. Like, I, I, they kind of had these guys. I don't know if this is a kind of the way things are going to go. They had them fight singles matches, both these guys. Um,. I was looking for him to be in a kind of dominant tag team, which we haven't seen. It's good to see him back on TV and put yeah, on some good matches. Because even yeah. JJ was in the Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. He didn't last long, but he was there. Yeah, he was there. Uh, women's Championship. <laughs> I guess before that, we'll go to the Carmelibration. <laughs> She's, her and Ellsworth are trolling everyone that they can. Naomi makes her entrance. She debuts the glowing title. Yeah. I don't mind it, actually. It fits. It fits her character, and to me that shows that they have like made an investment in her. That they did that. Like that they customized a title for her shows me that they actually believe in in that performer. Which is good. I saw someone on Twitter today saying like get the belt off Naomi right now, like this belt looks stupid. It's like Hey genius. Naomi didn't take it upon herself to do that to the belt. Like, WWE as a company decided, hey, we're going to do this. Well, she probably plugged it, and they said yes or no. Right. 
But it's not like she just did it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, God, we got to get the belt off her. Look what she did to the belt. Like, no, they did it. So to me, that only, like, enforces the fact that she's their champion, that they customized their belt for her. So to me, that, that was, I just thought that was silly. I wish I could remember the guy's name because I would. Uh, and you guys thought Lana was going to win. I did. I had no doubt. I'm so glad I was wrong about that. Not only did she not win, well, before we get to that, Naomi calls Daniel Bryan out to speak to James Ellsworth. He finds Ellsworth $10,000, suspends him for 30 days, and if he breaks any of those rules, Carmella will be stripped of the contract. I will say I like the idea of Ellsworth being punished because obviously he was doing things he shouldn't be doing and keeps like poking Daniel Bryan every chance he gets. I don't like the idea of stripping the yeah, like making us feel like you're gonna take it off her it's again. The time again, like yeah, don't. It makes it feel like it's you want it, but you don't want you you don't never really win it. Yeah, don't I don't want to feel like they're about to take it from her again because they already did it once. Ayla, what do you think? No James Elford for a month. Yeah, I'm gonna miss, I miss him already. I know. I got sad for a minute because he's <laughs> he's one of the things I look forward to seeing on SmackDown how annoying he is, especially with, with Carmella, and. I, I, I didn't mind it because that's just repercussions because even last week when he got kicked out the arena, he still found a way back mm-hmm. in the arena. And Daniel Bryan did say, yeah, but if you do that again, I'm tripping Carmella of the money in the bank. So I'm not sure if he's going to even try to get back in the arena. Like maybe some some disguises maybe. But that's, <laughs> that, that'll still count. I think that'll be funny. But I still think that will count and Daniel Bryan will catch on. Yeah. But... I, I didn't have much of a problem. I don't know if it's funny, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to see her stripped of that. Yeah, I don't want to see her stripped of, stripped of it either. It's on the right person. Although part of what was fun about it for me was, like when she handed James, hold this for me, and he's just holding the briefcase. <laughs> that was hysterical. Um, what did he say about Independence Day? He said Independence Day is canceled or something like that? I forget. When it started. I forget, but I, I another thing I saw on social media, someone was theorizing that this is going to lead to James Ellsworth ultimately being fired, quote-unquote, with the thinking being that his contract is probably expiring soon and they may not want to renew it, which I would be disappointed if they let him go because I think they really... Not that they lucked out because I'm sure he's not made them a ton of money, but he's been very entertaining for the most well, he, part. If he signed a one-year contract, it's not even coming up yet because he didn't get signed officially until around, I think, December or November. Was it that late? Yeah. I thought it was... Uh, yeah, no, because originally we were just doing appearance by appearance. Yeah. Right? I thought it was, like, in September. It, he was on television, but when he first... When he when he started, like, officially, he officially signed, I believe it was, like, November or December because he made a big deal at MCW with the announcement. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it was September because he was having all those matches with AJ Styles around the time we saw him at Icons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought he was signed like very soon after that. But that's really neither here nor there. I just don't want I I'm going to miss him for a month. <laughs> and I hope that that doesn't lead to him not ever being there again. <laughs> well, I have a James Ellsworth t-shirt. I was one of the people that bought it. Still not worn, still in the packaging. <laughs> That's going to be worth something someday. Yeah, it is. That's my hope. The chinless wonder. Um, no chin music. Yeah, the no chin music. Lana and Naomi again. And this one was even more of a one-sided affair, even quicker than last week. This was a squash. Yeah. Uh, the, if anyone thought Lana had a chance to win that title, 
before Tuesday night. You definitely don't feel that way now. I actually, I mean, the the one thing that happened, I loved the transition into the submission. It was oh, yeah. over quick. And then what was Tamina doing? And so I was kind of confused of why Tamina came down and kind of helped her out of the ring and kind of... I don't know what the whole thing was. Is Tamina getting a new faction going now that the welcoming committee is not together anymore? Once again, this is my what is this of the week. I think it's the second or third week. <laughs> so a lot of the feats get they get worse and worse and worse. They have they, for the last two weeks, three weeks that's what they've been doing, and then they bring out Tamina, and she drags Lana out saying, "Come on, let's go." I'm like, "Okay, what is this?" So, they, but they do actually implement a storyline. It's like, yeah. "Okay, what's Tamina doing out here?" And the kind of question mark it leaves you with is, okay, is Tamina her mentor? Because if she is, it's a horrible choice because what is Tamina ever done that anyway except be somebody's lackey? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know what they're doing. I was kind of befuddled by that. Who's next in line? You know what Charlotte Because Carmella doesn't need a match. You know what Charlotte and Natty were? Where? Main event. Really? Yes. Oof. You about to start plugging it again? I may have to. <laughs> I, I need my Charlotte. Yeah, it was weird that she wasn't on the actual show. Yeah, you had a match on main event. Who do you think is next, though? Next in line for a women's title shot? I'm not sure. Maybe they do this Tamina thing as a, as a holdover. I don't know, because we don't know what this Tamina-Alana thing is. Maybe Tamina is mentoring Alana. But I don't. I have no idea. I mean, this could put Carmella in the spotlight a little quicker than most people think. Mm-hmm. The money in the bank. I guess. I just know she doesn't need to be booked in a match, so it has to be somebody other than her to get yeah, the match. I mean, they got people who can throw a match together. Obviously, they proved that with Lana, just mm-hmm. throwing anyone in there. They could throw a match together. I don't think that's <laughs> uh, Tag team division. We had Wale hosting a rat or judging a rap battle between the New Day and the Usos. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. This was, well, it was too long. Yes. Yeah, it went a little too long. And it was too, like, disorganized. Mm-hmm. But I did not hate this. And there seemed to be no rules. Because, like, the Usos would just go two at a time. And one, one, then the other in the back. And then New Day had to go, like, one and then one and one. So it was kind of like, there's no rules. It's just, yeah. Yeah, no rules. Like I said, it was kind of a jumbled mess. But I got a lot of laughs out of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, had, it had its moments. It really did. When they called out um, Xavier, that was, that was... That was a great moment. entertaining. Um, Busting my girl. Yeah, when they, when yeah. the the new day mentioned that uh, Jimmy only got famous because his wife brought him on Total Divas, <laughs> they I, they went at each other a little more than I expected. Yeah, there's definitely some gentle gentle jabs thrown. Yeah, when when they announced this last week, I was thinking, oh God, why are you doing this? This is going to be a mess, and. It was, but it was like, all right, this was more entertaining than I anticipated it being. Call Kofi off for not being Jamaican. Anymore. Yeah. Well, we really got the, the free war versus the 313. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> it got a little physical. The Usos got themselves disqualified from the rap battle. Anything else Any anyone needs to say about that? Oh, no. I can't think of anything important. Wally was bad. Yeah, he was. Um, it has come from a Wally fan. Yeah, I like the guy, uh, but yeah, it, it was not uh, it was not a very well put together segment. It, there was some. It could have been pretty good because a lot of the material was actually funny, and yeah, it just was not executed very well. Uh, last thing I have down from SmackDown, we have Corbin and Nakamura backstage altercation. Has that been booked yet? Not yet. For 
but I assume it will be in the very yeah, near future. Will. You see, that's the way it's. That's the course we're, we're heading on there. This is going to be back to back really good pay per views. I think. Yeah. Like I'm we, excited. Yeah, like Great Balls of Fire looks like it could be a really good show. It better be per the name. Yeah. <laughs> per the name. Per the name. Oh. Battleground. We will have AJ and Owens. We'll have the Punjabi prison match. I don't even know what to expect out of that. We have Corbin and Nakamura. We'll probably get Sami Zayn and Mike Kanellis. I don't know what we'll get for a women's championship match. We get the New Day and the Usos. Is there anything else that appears to be on the horizon? I think maybe we get, like, Ryder and Mojo. We get the flag match. Pre-show? Oh, the flag match. I guess that'll happen at Battleground. Yep. Yeah, it's shaping up to be two really good pay-per-views in a row. And hopefully Todd Dillon just like a mark out. Yeah. I I hope he has a match on there somewhere. <laughs> I don't know if he will, but he deserves something. And Brazaka. Yeah, they need something too. What? I don't know. They'll do a segment. I'd be fine. They just do a fashion yeah, vice. They'll do a segment. More than enough for me. They've had them if they're not even on the card recently. So Yeah, it's a good point. They don't even need a match. Yeah, it's, it's summertime, so I won't have my jean jacket. Yeah. <laughs> no violations no. at this pay-per-view. Uh, anything else? Jean jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the vest. The denim vest. <laughs> I can see summer, that. That's a summertime look. Yeah. Uh, anything else nope, we didn't it. touch on? Oh, I finished Glow. Did you? So what do you think? Because Russ D loved it. I did. I loved it. Like, for us, knowing what the business actually is mm-hmm. and what goes on behind the scenes and we understand character development and how these guys actually develop characters, you'll love it. Because Angel watched it with me and I was explaining to her, like, oh, she kept saying, oh, what's that mean? I was like, like, this is, I don't, you want to, like, I can give you, like, one of the women, the, the two black women, they're supposed to mm-hmm. face these two white women in a mm-hmm. tag team match. So... The characters the black women were trying were supposed to portray didn't basically look right against the white women. Yeah. So the black women pull an audible and change the the white women's character, <laughs> so they would, so they wouldn't get destroyed. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's that's cool. <laughs> and you you learned the kind of behind the scenes of the face and the heel and how the heel the the face needs a real heel to get them over. And, and at the end, they, they even throw a swerve in there when the show actually gets up and running. At the last episode, they actually throw a nice swerve in there. Hmm. It's, it's really fun. Like, Does it seem, is it a show that's going to get another season, or was this just like a, a limited 10 episode run and that's it? Or I, you don't really know? I can't tell, but I wouldn't be shocked if it gets, gets a second season. And it's getting pretty good yeah, reviews. It's really good reviews. Yeah. And I, I got to watch it too, because I watched Glow all the time growing up. I didn't watch it all the time, but I, I definitely did. remember I it. I definitely did. I remember I remember, <laughs> yeah, it's only, I remember it being on. Yeah. Because it's only 30 minutes, and then, like you said, you get, like, first that we know what goes on behind the scenes in wrestling, you guys will really appreciate it, because you actually did a lot of character mm-hmm. development, and how people actually got their characters. It's only a three-hour investment, right? Yeah, it's only 10, yeah, it's only 10, 10 30 10, 10 minute episodes. Yeah, it's only 30 minutes, yeah. Yeah, that's an easy watch. As soon as I get a free weekend day, well, I don't know when that'll be, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I have uh, CZW. With Rusty and D-Mac to go see Leo Rush. Um, then the ninth, obviously, is the pay-per-view. I, yeah, I don't know when I'll get time to watch it, but I'm looking forward to seeing it. Also, I want to address something that uh, Russ and D-Mac hypothesized on Falls Count Anywhere this week. That uh, Son of Madness, <laughs> I believe, is who they, they theorized could have been me. Mm-hmm. 
He is not me. I will say that right now. My beard is not big enough. Uh, but I appreciate that you guys believe he may have something to do with our show. He just might. And you may have to keep watching and find out what he has to do with our show. Um, not my son, though. I will say that. Yeah. That's pretty safe to say. <laughs> yeah, not my son. Uh, so I guess that's the show. Uh, again, listen to Falls Count Anywhere. Listen to the hot tag. Check out the newest edition of The Perfect Edge. As I said, another tip of the cap to Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd. Did the first ever solo show on the Matt Madness Network. Um, give us your five-star reviews. Subscribe. Follow. You know, we appreciate it. It helps the show a lot. So if you enjoy the show, you know, please give us your uh, five-star reviews. Holla, holla, holla. Yes. For Mr. Sexy Punakana, then now forever, C.K. Joe Rottermill. Doing it. <laughs> for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope by the land with elbow. Got him now, put him down right now. Hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the basement man, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.